Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Bean Town Podcast for Sunday, August 25th, 2019. What's going on? How are you? What's happening? It is a beautiful Sunday here on the North Shore, about 72 degrees, low humidity, a nice little breeze going. Feels a little bit more like late September than late August, but hey, I'm not complaining. I give you a little detail into the weather because I uh, forgot to get a climate report from a hashtag friend of the podcast this week, so we'll put that on hold. We will uh, do our best to return to that segment next week. But um, before we, we go any further, thanks again to the Kamish Hunter Bolin for coming on our show last week. Talked for a solid hour about fantasy football, and there was a lot of good stuff in there. And, man, if we were doing the episode this week, we would have had so much more to talk about because Andrew Luck has announced that he is retiring from football. Colts starting quarterback for the last what, six, seven years, something like that. And uh, pretty pretty big news. Always a guy who had some injury problems, but, you know, at 29, you don't expect to hear that. And it's so strange, too, to hear it at the beginning of a season. Um, You know, what, 10 days before opening kickoff? I guess two weeks, 14 days, but... Yeah, just just kind of strange. So, but but uh, long story short, thanks Hunter for coming on, and we got the Wrigleyville Dogs auction draft. Oh boy, one week from today. That's something that we didn't really bring up on the podcast last week because a lot of people, if not most people, when they draft, they're doing your classic snake draft format. Um, so that's how we sort of framed our conversations. But what you might not know is that when I play fantasy football with Hunter, that's not how we draft. We do an auction draft. Everyone gets what I think $150. Um, and, uh, you got to fill out a team of 15 players. So you'll usually see the top guys for anyone who's never done an auction draft before. You'll usually see the top guys go usually running backs, you know, your, um, Christian McCaffrey's Alvin Kamara's, Saquon Barkley's usually up high 60s um, is where those guys go. Uh, you might see Patrick Mahomes, somebody put 50-ish on in this year. And then you might, depending on where they go, a guy like Hopkins or Adams or Jones or OBJ. Um, those usually aren't quite as premium as the RBs, but usually still in the 40s somewhere. I remember getting, uh, I paid like 40-something for OBJ last year, but then I got Devontae Adams for like 20-something, and I think he was the number two wide receiver last year in fantasy. So that was a steal. I will not be getting Devontae Adams for $20 this year. But we'll do our best, and we'll have some fun. So thanks, Hunter, for coming on. Uh, This is the Beantown Podcast, one of the better podcasts on the north side of Chicago and your number one source for misinformation spread far and wide across the internet thanks to my handy dandy rss feed don't forget that you can always follow us anywhere podcasts are listened to unless we are not at one of those places preferable sites are youtube google play apple Podcasts, itunes um, soundcloud is always good but we're on spotify we're on stitcher we're uh, pretty much everywhere 
except for where we're not. Subscribe, leave us five stars, leave us a comment, email us, beantownpodcast at yahoo.com. Again, it's beantown, podcast at yahoo.com. You can always tweet at us. We are at beantowncast on Twitter. And you can always check out beantownpodcast.com. We have all our latest episodes there every week. And, oh man, did I upload the most recent one? I might have to do a double, a double Dion. That's a, um, that's a Pierre Maguire reference. For all you hockey fans out there, Pierre Maguire, go, go find the Pierre Maguire double Dion, um, clip. It's Dion Phaneuf, I think. Phaneuf, however you say his name, scores a goal and people just go nuts. Yeah, I, I forgot to upload the, um, the August 18th episode with Hunter on our website. So you'll, you know, you've all listened to it. Um, basically what happens is while I upload the talking real slow, cause I'm trying to type here. So I, you know, I upload the RSS feed to SoundCloud and that then disseminates to pretty much all the sites where you can find our show. But then, uh, I do a YouTube upload as well. What I have not been doing from home the last month or so is going to beantownpodcast.com and linking the uh, SoundCloud URL to there because on my Mac it's just getting a little old here and it just takes a really long time to not get podcasts on there but then the way the website is built um, it automatically builds stuff from the bottom and, but I want my most recent things to show up at the top understandably so Essentially, what happens is you have to click, 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 one click per episode so that it jumps up a spot closer to the top. Um, there might be a way around it. I'm not sure. But on my computer, it uh, it moves real slow, and then things end up getting frozen. And the whole thing, just to get it from the bottom of the page all the way to the top of the page, the most recent, um, can oftentimes take four or five minutes. And that's just frustrating and it goes much faster than my work computer which has got a lot of horsepower so sorry if any of you i don't know if people really use the website but um if you were using it and saying hey where's beantown podcast for august 18th you can find it on youtube you can find it anywhere podcasts are listened to and as of tomorrow you'll be able to find it on beantownpodcast.com listener discretion is advised when you're listening to the beantown podcast number one will occasionally use some objectionable language number two this podcast is objectively terrible. So consider yourself warned. Oh, well, you'll know it if you listen to the White Noise podcast for this next week. But I I have been in mass acquisition mode here at the apartment. We have been picking things up left and right. So Monday, I'm at work. I'm perusing Craigslist, as I often do. And if you don't know, I use Craigslist quite a bit. Here's Here's what I use it for. I look for piano gigs. Um, which I haven't done really anything in a long time, but I'm, I, I will look, you know, if there's a church or something that needs somebody for a, a date, um, a date meaning like a physical day, uh, then I'm, I'm happy to fill in, make, you know, 50, 100 bucks, something like that, because it's the easiest stuff of all time for a pianist. Uh, so I'll, I'll use it to try to look for those things. I use it for focus groups. Right? I think I've talked about focus group on the show in the past here. But those can be um, some really easy money. Oftentimes, 
I'd say your standard one, you make like 130, 140 for 90 minutes to two hours. So that's a pretty schwanky hourly rate. Uh, I use it, I used to use it for Craigslist personals, of course, right? Guys got to find love. And then I will also use it for Craigslist free. So Craigslist classified uh, is actually really well built out. I don't think I've ever bought something from Craigslist where there's actual money involved. But I do use Craigslist free all the time. And this last week, I'm perusing on Monday for my office. And, you know, you go to Craigslist free. You say within, you know, two miles of my zip code or whatever. And it's just everything. So a lot of it is like baby clothes or uh, like random scraps of wood or something, or oftentimes mattresses, a lot of mattresses. But occasionally you, you get some clutch furniture postings, and I happen to see this Lazy Boy recliner. That's pretty old school, right? It looks like it's you know from your grandma's house or something, and it's got a little bit of wear and tear, and the reclining function of it is not perfect. Uh, I can't really describe what's wrong with it, uh, but I don't, I don't really care. Uh, it's, it's just nice to have a recliner. And I notice that the... Uh, you know, it doesn't show you the exact address on the classified, but it shows you within a certain, like, circle radius uh, where where it is. And I'm like, hey, that's right over my house. So I got lucky because the posting had only been up for, like, 45 minutes. So I, I sent an email to the person through the Craigslist site. And I'm like, hey, new uh, new to the neighborhood, would love to take this chair off your hands. Give my number. Because that's the thing. Any if you're if you ever reach out on Craigslist and you're trying to pick something up and it's a situation where you want to be the first person to get it, especially if it's something free, leave your number because people don't like interfacing through Craigslist. Understandably, it's the same thing where it's like you're talking to a Tinder girl for a couple uh, a couple of days and you're eventually you're like, let's just do this over text. It's going to be so much better than having to go into Tinder every single time to interface. Long story short, she texts me, this lady, um, and uh, she's like, hey, you're first in line. Come pick it up. So Monday night after work, I walk uh, well, I walk to my apartment first to change. And then luckily this place is literally a block and a half away, um, you know, because I don't have a car. I don't have a truck or anything. And because this was such short notice, I didn't ask anyone to come up to Rogers Park to help me move it because it just felt silly. And Monday nights are nights I try to have to myself um, where I'm not, like, hosting someone or entertaining someone. It's just at home, do some cooking, maybe watch a ball game, go try to go to bed early. It doesn't always happen that way. But so I, I go to the apartment. It's on the third floor. I see the chair. I'm like, ooh, that looks heavier than I thought. So I lift it up, and it's definitely a type of thing. And anyone who's moved in the past knows there are things where you you pick them up and at first you're like, oh, this isn't that heavy. So then you uh, you start moving with it and you start to realize, hey, this is kind of heavy. And it was absolutely a situation where the physical weight of it was not the worst thing in the world. And if any of you ever come over to my apartment, you can lift the chair and decide for yourself. But um, it was just awkward. And it's tough to find the perfect way to carry a recliner. I was doing it pretty classic mode so that like my knees were up against, you know, the piece that reclines and my, my forearms were in line with the, um, 
forearm rests, I guess you would say. And it was just kind of like awkwardly shuffling it. Not shuffling because it was off the ground, but my feet were kind of shuffling because, you know, you, your knees kept keep hitting the uh, reclining portion. Um, I suppose the other way is, and this probably would have been smarter, but it's a, it takes a little bit of manpower to physically get it to this position. What you might want to do is you you pick up the recliner, you hoist it to like your head level, and then you physically just like do a little 180 action. So the backrest is physically going over your head and then like to your back, but now the legs of the recliner are straight up in the air, and you're holding the rests. I'm giving you expert reclining moving advice right now. Uh, recliner moving advice you're holding uh the armrest kind of like you're carrying the ark of the covenant and the physical seat of the chair is resting on top of your head i think that could have worked um and in hindsight i think it would have rather done that because then the strain is um rather than the way i was doing it which was like all forearms and boy did my forearms burn the rest of that night and the next day and even into Wednesday, because I don't lift on Tuesdays. I lift Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. Man, when I finished lifting on Wednesday, whew, that was tough. But uh, physically getting back to my apartment Monday, I still had to cook. It was a struggle to uh, to chop up the veggies uh, because I had lost a lot of dexterity in my fingers. I don't know the, what the science is behind it, but my uh, my forearms were in rough shape because of the the carrying position. So I think this uh, new and improved way, which I would try next time, um, it it wouldn't be good for, like, moving within the apartment and up the stairs and stuff because it would just be too tall. You'd be, you know, 10 feet tall. But um, going down the street, it could have been good. So, again, it's only a block and a half. Um, It's probably physically, like, I don't know, I'm just looking out the window doing the math in my head right now, probably, like, 600 feet something like that total um but uh yeah pain in the butt um felt pretty good when i got it out of their apartment but i did have to bring it down from the third floor to street level and then now i live on the second floor so by the time i got it in here it was pretty um yeah i was i was feeling it quite a bit um lifting lifting the heavy furniture by yourself can uh can be kind of rough, and it gave me some flashbacks to moving uh, to Baltimore um, and unloading my truck there by myself, which was just, man, looking back, I don't know how I did it. Honestly, the dresser I have is like solid oak. The bookshelf is pretty unwieldy. Unwieldy or unwieldy? Wieldy. U-N- W-I-E-D-L-Y. Hey, speaking of spelling bees, kind of in that similar vein, we did geography bees growing up, and I had a day at work this past week where I was just less busy than usual. It was in the middle. It was kind of an eye of a storm thing because we had orientation this week, but the middle day, no one was, um, the students weren't on campus. They were doing service projects off campus, so I had some more time to breathe. And um, so I, I'm a big geography fan and used to, you know, go to the state geography bees growing up as a kid. So I uh, I found the National Geography Bee from 2018. Of course, these are televised on PBS. It used to be Trebek who hosted them. Now they have Mo Rocca. Um, I, I always love that name, Maraca. Um, and I watched those bees. The first, round, first couple of rounds were all in the U.S. And I was actually like, hey, old man can still hang. I know this stuff. 
you know, these stuff, this stuff. But um, eventually it got, got a little bit more tricky. There is this one interesting section. I don't, maybe it's always been this way, but I don't recall it ever being like this. So the kids, uh, they give them like a paragraph. And I think one of them was like, you have three cities, one along the Rhine, one along the Yellow, or the Yangtze, and one along the Niger rivers. And it's like, where would you implement a, uh, I don't know, plastic waste cleanup site or something like that? And the kids physically got like 10 seconds to think, and then they had to stand up in front of the judges and like give a detailed response with why they would choose one and not the others. But it wasn't, you know, it's it's not like a trivia question. It's they're physically like formulating an opinion and stating it. Um, so it was interesting. It's not, I mean, it's just different. I had no idea. I don't know if that's a new thing at the National Geographic Bee, but it was interesting. It seemed pretty obvious that you do it at the uh, the mouth of the yellow or the Yangtze, whichever one China was, right? Population centers, Um Way more people than the Rhine, uh, and then the 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 Niger has a, a lot of people. I was about to swear, but I didn't. But not not the level of plastic waste, right? So, yeah, China. We are losing so badly to China. Let me get a sip here. All right. Last week was really long. Excuse me. Uh, so I'm going to read some ads here, and then I got a couple uh, couple things that have surprised me that uh, I just uh, will introduce a new, new segment on the Beantown Podcast in the second half of the show, which will be a short show. We're going to come in right around half an hour, if not shorter, um, called Things That Surprised Me This Week. I think you'll like it. So let's read the ads here. Home Pride, Oregon. Actually, I was on a date Friday night with a with a girl who was talking about um, her sister was looking to buy a house, but then they didn't find something on the home inspection, and it was really bad, and so she backed out of the deal. So I introduced her to HomePrideOregon.com, and granted, this was in Minnesota, but I, I don't know. Call Steve. Maybe he'll make an exception for you. Little business trip. Are you tired of selling your house for less than a quarter of what it's worth, all because you couldn't find a reliable home inspector in time? Well, Oregon listeners, tell you what, we got good news. Home Pride Inspection Services in Bend, Oregon is Central Oregon's hottest new home inspection provider with inspection services including things like heating and cooling, roofing, plumbing, and so much more. Home Pride Oregon is both contractor certified and home inspection certified, so you know that you are getting the good stuff time and time again. If you're tired, and I tell you what, you listen to the fans, they are tired. If you're tired of big real estate stranglehold on the home inspection market and you want a safe, certified home instructor that you can trust time and time again, doing a lot of ad libs here on the ad read. Hopefully, uh, Home Pride Oregon isn't, isn't too uh, upset. But you know what to do. you got to call Steve at 541-410-0316 or you can always visit homeprideoregon.com. Again, that's 541 541- uh, 410-0316 or visit homeprideoregon.com homepriedoregon inspection perfection shout out to the Samson Q2U series crisp clean audio quality every time from Genesis to uh, Habakkuk I don't know what's the last book of the Old Testament 
Dude, I haven't gone to Sunday school in like 15 years. Let's let's investigate. So you got New Testament, which starts with Matthew and ends with Revelation, which is a total trip. If you've never read Revelation, here's what I encourage you to do. Drink a couple glasses of whiskey, take an acid pill, and then video record yourself reading all whatever 26 chapters of Revelation and uh, just go crazy. Malachi, by the way, is the last book of the uh, of the Old Testament. Who would have guessed? I don't think I've ever read Malachi. Have you? I was I was uh, you know when I was doing the the uh, piano volunteering, it's it was at a church this summer, and I had some time to kill at one point. So I was sitting in the sanctuary, just just casually picked up Matthew and I read like the first half of Matthew. There are so many. It moves so fast, you know, because I'm used to reading. Uh, not that he doesn't move fast. He moves very fast. But I, I was used to reading Stephen King because I was reading it at the time. and uh, But there's just a lot more descriptors going on. The Bible as literature kind of blows, you know. It's just like I'm not getting any descriptions. It just goes, goes, goes. It's all plot, you know, uh, until Jesus starts talking. And, okay, you get some parables going on. But there, it's a lot of just like, and then the X went to this place and they saw this. And uh, the next day, this other, you know, person I never heard of goes to goes down to the valley of yada, yada, yada. And it's like, I feel like we could have condensed a lot of this down. Uh, it's just very, yeah, I guess I, I just said, you know, it's very plot heavy, but also um, there's not enough flowery stuff in there. But then I also just said condense it down. So I don't know if it makes sense what I'm trying to say, but, um, you know, it's just like... Maybe we could, I, I know you got new versions and revised King James and new international version and HJ7 or something, but I don't know. Maybe we could spruce it up a little bit. Get like the illustrated classics version of the Bible. That's that's what I want, and that's what I think other people want as well. Uh, well, Toward Curves, uh, I've been checking my mail every day, hoping we get another magazine from you guys. Nothing yet. Keep us on your list. All right, we got one more here, and then uh, we're going to get to some things that I don't understand. Cuts by Q. Bob and Weave, we all know the hairstyle, and we all love it, but how many Chicago-based independent barbers can actually give it to you the way you deserve? Enter Cuts by Q. It's like Enter Sandman, but completely different. Cuts by Q has been independently owned and operated since 1995 and is probably one of the better barbershop Operations, bop 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 baran, bop 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 baran, It's about as high as I can go. I wasn't sure if I was going to make it. Uh, serving Chicago, Cook County, and the greater Chicago land area, from beehives to bangs, fauxhawks to flat tops, and everything in between. Call cuts by Q at yeah. I was going to say at yahoo.com. Call cuts by Q at eight one five two nine eight seventy two hundred or email cuts by Q at yahoo.com. That's cut. You heard the beeping going on in the background. It's because I got chicken in the oven, and I'm going to go take it out after I finish this ad read. QTZ by Q at Yahoo.com. Oh, and you need a fresh do, something snappy and new. Just call the experts at Cuts by Q. Cuts by Q. You hear that beep again? I got to go take care of this. I'll be right back. All right, got the chicken out of the oven, went to the bathroom, got a sip of water. 
I'm refreshed, restocked, and ready to go. Three R-E words. Re-Eddie. re eighty, I guess, for um, the second half of this podcast, which is going to be the short half of the podcast. Just got a couple things that I'm going to introduce on this week's new segment called These Are Things That I Don't Understand. Right, it's like the Coldplay version of my favorite things, except sort of the opposite. Um, favorite and uh, non-understandable, ununderstandable, disunderstandable, inunderstandable. I like it. There are a lot of prefixes that that mean no or negation. Fascinating, fascinating language we speak. Okay, uh, first things first. So I've been talking to uh, people as I do. <sighs> Casually, and uh, uh, what I've what I've learned since uh, moving back here, and they had some of these stores out on the East Coast, but not a ton. There was one in Baltimore, but it's just really tough to get to. It's Far East Baltimore, um, Aldi, the classic grocery store chain from uh, Sweden, I believe, Denmark, something like that, uh, Finland, perhaps, uh, which is known for uh, its excellent business model. They uh, no no frills, just low affordable prices. They don't have a huge staff. The staff members who are there work their butts off and get paid very well. Uh, it's a great model. I love it. People around here that I've interacted with recently are like, "Oh, I would never go to Aldi. It's gross." I'm like, "What are you talking about? Like, where do you shop? I'm like Whole Foods." What? How do you have enough money to shop at Whole Foods? Most of the people here being supported by the parents. Still, though, I don't see like there being this big quality jump between Aldi and Whole Foods. You go to Aldi, it's delicious. They got good meat, solid produce, a lot of good dried goods, delicious snacks. Yeah, you don't have the... uh, Variety of fifty different brands and everything, but I mean, there are two types of pop. Tar- there's pop tarts and then there's toaster tarts, which are delicious and like half uh, as expensive as pop tarts. And I would even, and I'm going to get crucified for saying this, I like toaster tarts better than pop tarts. They're thicker, thicker. T h i c k e r, thicker. Um, I love toaster tarts. Only at Aldi will you find them. Millville brand. Millville sounds like you're saying Louisville, but Millville. Not Herman Melville, Melville. And I feel like this podcast got really like neurotic in the last five minutes. Uh, Aldi is great. And you can buy all your food for a week and it's like 40 bucks and boom, you're good to go. Also, kick ass frozen pizzas. You can get like the jumbo family size, family of like 15 pizza for like six bucks. It's amazing. And when you eat as much as I do, that's dinner for one night. It's perfect. Okay, so what's the deal? Who you're crapping? Why are you giving shit on Aldi? I don't. I don't get it. They're amazing. Aldi is fantastic, and you have to bring your own, your own quarter to get a cart. It's perfect. It's the way America should be. All these stores handing out free carts like they're cupcakes. Although, uh, you know. You don't find many free cupcakes these days, I suppose. Okay, something else. Uh, some people I've I've talked to and people, I think, have a pretty good understanding of this. I do a lot of things alone. And it's not because I'm a loner. It's not because I uh, hate being social. No, I love going to things with friends. I love meeting new people. 
But if I only went to things when I, you know, had people to go with, then it just, I would not go to many things. So, for example, I went to the War concert last night. You know War, Lowrider. The Lowrider. And uh, Why Can't We Be Friends. And uh, Cisco Kid, you probably know. Spill the wine. Anyways, great, great jazz organ in that song. But uh, they were playing at uh, the Skokie Backlot Bash last night. And uh, I actually had the potential to meet up with one friend there, but he wasn't able to make it. But so I ended up going alone. And, you know, it's me and it's a lot of couples who are like middle age to older age, you know, 40s to 70s age. And uh, I was just there by myself and there ended up. So um, this was this was fun, actually. I got there and it was pretty packed, but I, I managed to squeeze my way into a spot. And I was standing right behind these two uh probably about 50-year-old ladies who were, like, fairly attractive. And one of them, the blonde one, had uh, her husband was there for, like, the first two songs. Then he left. I don't know where he went. But then it was just me and the the the, the two females, the blonde lady, the brunette lady. And, you know, it's war, so we're getting funky and just having a good time dancing. Uh, I, it was great. I didn't know them. I didn't get their names. We left after. I think they were pretty drunk. Um I did not drink yesterday. Uh, a lot of people were smoking because it's a war concert, but uh, I do not smoke. So I was I was completely clean, completely sober. You know, I had to walk past the police dog to get back to the train. But uh, it was a great time, and I did it alone. And I, you know, quote, met people. Didn't They're not, you know, friends moving forward because didn't exchange information. And I don't know how many fifth-year-old ladies I really want to hang out with. But you know what? It was a good time. You just go. You experience the community. You support the art, listen to some kick-ass music. War's been around for 50 years, 5-0. Best-selling album in 1973. Some amazing hits. Great night. 90-minute set. Encore. You know what? It's fun. Why wouldn't I want to go to that? If people want to come with me and I invited a couple of people, they weren't able to make it, that's fine. But I'm not going to sit here and listen to you, you know, be all weird about, oh, he's doing stuff by himself. That's strange. Okay, I guess next time I'll just sit home on the couch. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, one other thing. This is a quickie. There's so many people living in Chicago, and this is I'm about to bring up a Chicago institution, and this is the last thing I'll say, who not only have never had Malort, but they don't even know what it is. Carl Jepson's Malort, known uh, or, or made, excuse me, from Wormwood, Wormwood, W-O-R-M-W-O-O-D, Fun word. And uh, it's it's kind of bitter. It used to be used for medicinal purposes. Carl Jepson used to sell it door to door for medicinal purposes. But now it's a uh, it's a classic Chicago thing. It has expanded. You can find it in a couple other markets. But um, yeah, it's actually pretty awful. But here's a great thing because there are kind of two people who live in Chicago. There are people who know Malort and have had it, and there are people who don't know Malort and haven't had it. So the great thing is you can be with someone else who's never had it and you can kind of be like the judgy person who's like, oh, you've never had Malort? Oh, my God. And then you make them have a shot. And I took the shot with this person I was with on Friday. 
But now it's like once you're, it's kind of like being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Now you're on the other side of it. And so you can pay that, you know, uh, judgmental bitchiness forward to your other friends who have never heard it. And soon if we continue this cycle for long enough, then everyone will know Malort. And it'll just be a better world for everyone. But uh, it's a great thing because then you get to watch them or share that experience of them tasting it for the first time. Which even though you have to go through some pain yourself, it's totally worth it to uh, to uh, inundate or induct somebody into the world of Malort. So if you don't know Malort, but you live in Chicago, next time you're at a bar, take a shot. You don't even need someone else to sort of bring you over. Right? You don't need... Uh, Oh, man, what's the name of the... In Greek mythology, the river Styx, there's a guy who will take you across the river, and you have to... That's why when the Greeks were buried, they put a coin under uh, under the mouth so that you could have the payment for this guy who will take you across. What was his name, though? Um, Boatmaster 3000... Something like that. I don't know. Um, but what was that? How did I get to sticks? We were talking about sticks crossing the river. Oh, crossing over to the other side. You can. You don't need someone to take you across to the other side of the Malort River. Once you get across and you can do it yourself, then you can take other people across. So it's fun. And I looked it up. You're going to think, oh, he, th- he thought of it out of the blue. No, I never would have thought of this name. Charon, Karan, C-H-A-R-O-N, don't know how to say it, is the ferryman of Hades who carries souls of the newly deceased across the river Styx and Acheron. There's another river. I didn't know that. Divided the world of the living from the world of the dead. A coin to pay Karan for passage, usually an obelisk or Dan- Danike, like Dan Patrick, was sometimes placed in or on the mouth of a dead person. Fascinating. Well, who knew there was another river? Wow. Fast. Oh, it's a real river. Did you believe that? It's in northwest Greece because Styx is not a real river. Styx is a fictional river, isn't it? Styx is a deity and a river that forms the boundary between Earth and the other world. That can't be a real river. But there's a picture of the river Styx, and it looks real. It's a photograph Wow, of one Styx. What does that mean? We have gotten off topic here. I've got about an hour of Wikipedia hunting to do uh, relating and pertaining to Greek mythology. So I'm going to go do that. Uh, we're at 35 minutes. That's good. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, fantasy football drafts happening this week, next week. A very exciting time. Andrew Luck is out. Maybe draft Jacoby Brissett. Maybe check in with Hunter. Send him a message on Facebook. See what he says. That's all I got for you, everyone. Thanks for listening. Be nice, Sue. Excuse me, each other. Man, I belched. You've got my information. You know how to find us. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a nice message. And, of course, we've got new episodes of the White Noise Podcast coming out every Tuesday morning with Matthew Fiedler. All right. That's what we got. Have a good day. Time for my nap. Check in on you later.